Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Girl Power Hour. Uh, this is Wednesday. <laughs> it's thrown me off a little to have the Monday show this week, although I want to say that if you missed it, um, we had an orchestrated symphony of prayer on Monday with special guests Elizabeth Harbin and Daniel Katsuk. If you didn't get a chance to tune in uh, the day of the show, which was, again, Monday at 3 p.m., you will want to check out that archive show. Uh, you can always go to the site, blogtalkradio.com backslash Hour and just get the archive shows there uh, if you're listening from the link here from Facebook. You can just go to the website and get the archive show there. We will have another uh, orchestrated symphony of prayer um, coming up again on Wednesday of next week, which is December 21st, also the winter solstice. And I also have a special show coming up on Saturday, also an off day. I'm going to be really thrown off here. I'm normally doing these only on Wednesdays, but I've decided to just, you know, do whatever, whatever comes. Um, And Saturday, I am going to have a really special event. Kelly Daniels is coming back to the show She was with us uh, to talk about Standing Rock when she was at Standing Rock. She has since returned home to Kansas City. However, she does want to weigh in on the current state of affairs at Standing Rock. There's a lot of confusion. We want to try to clear it up. Um, I'm a big believer in the idea that there's a lot of political tactics going on, and I think one of them is to divide and conquer. So I know uh, any divisions that are created, certainly by confusion and doubt, need to be cleared up. So we need to try to clear up that confusion and doubt as best we can with the information that Kelly has. And so she will be on the show on Saturday at 11 a.m. And again, if you can't catch it on Saturday at 11, you can always go check out the archive show anytime after 12 p.m. Central, and it will be available to you. Today, we have a very special guest, one of my favorite people in the world, And um, hopefully we're going to be doing this more often with my favorite person in the world. Uh, But um, we're going to be having tea time with Skylar Liberty Rose today. And before I even introduce Skylar, before I get her on here, I want to say that uh, we were talking before the show started. We want to have this often if we can. Uh, We're we're going to try to work that out. Uh, Because both Skylar and I know that this can be some tough years coming up, and so we want to offer this opportunity for people to sit down, have some tea, practice some self-care, and listen in. Um, if you would like for that to happen, please go to our Facebook page and let us know. Give us feedback. Um, and when I say us, I, Skylar and I, uh, give us feedback on the Girl Power Hour Facebook page. Uh, you can just find us. Go to Facebook page and or go to Facebook and look for our page there. Um, but today, as I said. Here she is, Skylar Liberty Rose, a writer and an empowerment warrior. She's recently created the Empowerment Project, which we've talked about before. That's coming up again, and she's got a special offer for you guys. Skylar, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me back, Tasha. I'm really, really honored to be invited back to to talk with you and to share some things with your listeners. So thank you so much. Yes, I... I know that you have your chai tea, and I have my green tea, so we're all set. I do have my chai tea. Yeah, I actually do. And I've got it in a, a cup that you would approve of, actually, because it's a, it's got a big snowman on it, and it says, let it snow. And I know that this is your favorite season. So. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> yes, it is. It's my favorite, absolute favorite. I come alive at this time of year. I hibernate through the summer, and I'm like a backwards bear. I hibernate through the summer, and I come out in the winter. It's like my favorite time of year. And when everybody else is cursing it, I'm just like, you know, doing cartwheels and loving it. And so I'm sure I'm really annoying to the people that can't stand it, but... It's delightful. I love it. Yes. Um, That's funny so because it reminds me, actually, sorry, of um, I think when you mm-hmm. guys in Texas got snowed in last year and everyone was losing their minds because people couldn't get out and they weren't coping well with the fact that they, they couldn't interact with everyone else. And you were just like, well, I'm just introverting over here. I'm doing fine. And, you know, you had no problem with it at all. So I just had a flashback to that, actually. Yeah, it was actually uh, funny that you say that because um, I have yeah, I live in an apartment complex and the maintenance men they uh, <laughs> they hate this cold weather right because you know they have to be out working in it and and they all talk about that time when we were all snowed in here and I'm like oh yeah that was the best that's <laughs> not at all their response <laughs> and um, yeah I had a great uh, it was like a great time because I'm an introvert anyway so I spend a great deal of my time you know inside and by myself and just with my my fur babies and so it was really no different than any other day except that it was wonderfully like a white wonderland <laughs> outside so it was just beautiful I was like oh this is the best it was like time to be so that. happy so yeah it was great um well, I was going to say, I know that um, I want to give you a chance to say what the special offer is before we get started in just our chat. And, and I want to let everybody know this is a very casual casual conversation <laughs> with literally my alien sister I've just been reunited with and I just absolutely love. So this is just really everybody just sit back and enjoy the conversation. No idea where it's going to go, just, just conversing. But I did want to give you a chance to say what the special offer is before we kick off. Thank you so much. Um, Okay, so for people who don't know, the Empowerment Experience is a 10-day online virtual adventure. So it's an e-series, and it's the beginning of you saying yes to yourself. So as I said, it runs for 10 days, and it's essentially... It's a journey. So I've packaged it in the form of a virtual road trip. So it takes you from feeling stuck to flying free. It's all about letting go of limiting beliefs, clearing the path for new opportunities, new possibilities, and just really setting down the baggage because so many of us carry so much weight around with us through years of conditioning and we never really take a conscious opportunity to to work through some of those old stories that really don't serve us any longer. So it's allowing each person to really put themselves in the driver's seat of their own life and they determine the destination and I'll be there providing people with fuel in forms of tools, tips and techniques to really get them to from where they don't want to be to where they do want to be. Um, and registration open today for um, the January experience. I ran it a few months ago, in or a couple of months ago in October, and it did really well. I got amazing feedback on it. So it's amazing to be able to run it again um, for the new year. 
So it begins on January 1st, and I intentionally chose the very, very beginning of the new year because I know that many people make resolutions and people like to to be able to start a new venture kind of right away, I think, in January. So mm-hmm. it kicks off January 1st, and registration is open on my website, and the listeners of the show today can receive uh, 15% off of um, the registration price if they use the code FIERCE. So just code FIERCE, you can enter as a coupon on my website. Uh, I think you have to um, enter it in capitals, um, so <laughs> that's worth mentioning. Um, oh, yeah, that's a, yes. a FIERCE 15% off um, for listeners <laughs> to the show. So. Um, it's at skylarlibertyrose.com and it's under the courses section of my site, which has had a little bit of a revamp actually in the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, if anyone wants to kind of have a, a whiz through the rest of the site, then I would love that too. But there's a lot more information about the series on that page. So I, I'd love for people to just have a look through. Um, there's my contact details on there if anyone has any queries or questions about the course. And of course, I think it's worth mentioning that um, I do have a guest expert on the course who <laughs> is yourself. <laughs> um, and it's been great. The feedback that we've had from the course has been incredible. So, um, as you know, Tasha, you are joining me on one of the days um, and you give some amazing words of wisdom on how to break through barriers and get past obstacles. So um, Thank you. that's another another great um, uh, reason for people to, to get on board and start 2017 off with feeling as though, you know, they're, they're really in the driver's seat of their own lives. So I would love people to join us for this. Yes, and you know, I love that you say it like that, in the driver's seat of your own life. I think that's a beautiful way to put it. I I do want to say, of course, you already know this, but I, I was honored to be asked to be a part of it, and I'm um, I'm just so impressed with what you've done. I know that not everyone's had a chance to check this out or, or obviously register for it. And listeners, I have to say, and I can't say this enough, if you have not uh, already done this, if you have not already uh you know, done the empowerment experience, you certainly need to go to skylarlibertyrose.com and, and, um, and check out this experience and, and really consider doing it. I think it's absolutely perfect timing to do it in the new year. Um, you know, I recently wrote an article called, you know, make, make absolutions with your resolutions. And I think that's kind of what you do is, you know, absolutions are just kind of like forgiving yourself, letting go of shame and guilt. And I really think yeah. that's a big part of why this experience is so necessary is because you really cannot move forward in life until you let go of what holds you in the past, until you let go of all of it. And that doesn't just mean walking away from, you know, toxic relationships. It means forgiving yourself for ever being there in the first place. I mean, there's a big... Um, you have to let go of that shame. There's a big piece of, of forgiveness that has to take place, and you really do in this experience help people start sifting through the baggage and, and letting go of what they, they no longer need, what, like you said, doesn't serve them anymore, and I love that. Yeah, and I think that um, it, it's quite incredible how 
we accumulate that emotional baggage over many years and as I just said with conditioning and everything else um, and we we kind of forget to recalibrate and we we forget that we can so you know we we have our formative years we have our adolescent years and we go into relationships into workplaces and all of them inform all of those experiences inform who we are but they don't define who we are but we somewhere along the way we we tend to forget that and we allow our experiences to to really kind of define us and we label ourselves as as certain things and the labels that we tend to use for ourselves are almost always kind of working against us and not really serving us and we tell ourselves that we're not good enough and we're not important enough and that we can't do this and we're no we're no good at that and it's things that we reinforce over and over and over again and with the course I aim to really shift people's mindsets and it's not about embarking on you know a monumental path that's going to (laughs) overwhelm people (laughs) a lot of it is about simplicity it's just about peeling back and it's not about finding ourselves it's simply about remembering ourselves remembering who we are and forgetting all the the lies and the limiting stories that we've assigned to ourselves so um it's there's a lot of release work there's a lot of letting go um and it's it was amazing to put together because it's all born from my own personal experience so it felt as though it was really coming from a place of authenticity um, and I think that that's why people have um, have enjoyed it as much as they they have because I think when you you do something from a space of authenticity, people recognise that, and yeah. it, it seems to have resonated with a lot of people. So I think there's a lot of people feeling a lot of overwhelm, and I I would dearly love for us to be able to to let go of what we can let go of because we you know collectively we have work to do ahead of us and i think for us to be able to show up meaningfully for each other means that we we have to feel that we're in a good place first of all and we're allowed to do that for ourselves that's the other thing we are allowed to to take time for ourselves and to replenish ourselves and to invest in ourselves and i think that sometimes there's a certain amount of shame that's attached to that um, and guilt that's attached to that. And I I really don't believe that there needs to be because we can't show up for each other in the way that really counts if we're depleted or we're, we're just too stressed out and or if we don't believe right. enough in ourselves. So, um, yeah, this is it's an investment into ourselves and then that, I believe, has a domino effect in us being able to invest into one another, which I think globally is essential right now, truly is. Oh, my. I mean, can we just jump into that? Because (laughs) that's a very deep ocean, I know. But, um, yeah, there's just, you know, as we said before the show began and as I said earlier, in the show, we hopeful. I'm hopeful that we can continue to do these shows uh, just kind of randomly because I, 
I do think that it's important for people to, as you said, you know, sit down with themselves and just give themselves an hour, you know, like to to just sit and have tea and, and listen to other people talk for a bit, you know, just just not really have to, yeah. not really have to do anything except just be for an hour because uh, there there is and already has been a great deal of work. And I know as um, – for myself, I, I mean, I consider myself a healer. That's, you know, always what I've done and, and a helper and so, um, and an artist, of course. And all three of those things are called to duty right now, you know, all three. And so I I feel very, um, I, I guess I, I feel the the weight of the, the journey ahead. Like there's a... Yeah. Um, a lot of work to be done, and and I it's a sense of urgency with it. I've I've said that before on a show with Elizabeth Harbin, which she was talking about it too. That there's just a sense of urgency with it. Like I just don't feel like there's enough hours in the day right now to get everything done I want to get done to to put uh, the help and the healing and the art out there. You know, to to perpetuate more help and healing as as much as possible and I think every light worker, every healer, every helper in the world is feeling that right now. And as such, every one of us needs to practice serious self care right now and make sure that we're getting our mental health days, like the days where we just don't do anything because we can certainly get overwhelmed and burned out right now and we can't afford to, not only for ourselves, but but certainly if our mindset is I want to help others, if that's where our heart is, well as Skylar said, we can't help people if we burn ourselves out. You know, we have to we have to really um, give ourselves permission to take the necessary breaks and take naps and take tea time yep. and and whatever we need. Get massages, you know, anything that that helps us. Absolutely, and you know, it, it's great that you say that because um, that it. As you were talking, I was just thinking that um, my husband and I, Leon and I, have had just so many similar conversations about this recently, certainly post-election. Um, one of the things, if I had to say, choose a word that 2016 has has brought for me, it would be the word witnessing. And mm-hmm. I I say that because I I feel as though I've, I've really got to a place where I'm approaching a place where I'm starting to understand the weight of what that means to simply witness and to sit with my own truths and to sit with the truths of other people. And I think that we, we tend as humans to have an instant reaction to any difficult situation where we instantly want to offer a solution. We want to fix things, but there's something incredibly powerful incredibly important about just witnessing what is and i believe that that is different from complacency because it's not pretending it's not happening it's not not being interested it's seeing what needs to be seen it's holding space for what needs to be acknowledged and i think the witnessing is the first thing that needs to happen and then the response is the second thing that needs to happen because what we tend to do when when there's any big kind of newsworthy event, so 
And um, when I say newsworthy, I mean ongoing in the news. So it could be about Standing Rock. It could be about Black Lives Matter. It could be about the election. It could be about a number of uh, any, you know, the huge events that are happening across the globe at the moment. But when we when this news reaches us, we tend to feel massively outraged and we get really fired up and we roar and we rage and then we get burned out because it's not sustainable to keep reacting in that way. So, and I think the people who orchestrate these kind of events, such as the Dakota Pipeline, they almost rely on the fact that we will burn out in this way and they ride mm-hmm. our reactions out because you know it's going to be short-lived. So we, we go crazy and we make noise and it's all over social media and then it goes quiet and I think that they rely on that. So mm-hmm. I love what you said about self-care because, you know, some people kind of mock that and it's not like, oh, self-care. You know, I wish I had time for that. And I, <laughs> you know, again, it's kind of, it's a subtle form of shaming again. You know, it's so pervasive. But um, I think that, yes, it's fine to react. It's a way of self-expression. It's a way of processing. It's an immediate reaction to an event. Um, and it can give momentum to change. So it can be very, very useful but we have to learn how to play the long game and we have to resolve mm-hmm. to keep showing up. And to keep showing up, we need to be in good shape because, again, we, we can't help anybody else if we are just burned out and stressed out and we've got nothing left to give. So I think that right. our reactions are very important, but I think our responses are crucial. So we do have to... We have to like I say, get better at playing the long game. And personally, for myself, I I know that this is a lifelong commitment because we may be successful with, you know, clean water. We may be successful with um, numerous other things with regards to, to politics, with regards to climate change. But really, there's always going to be a, a battle or a war to fight in some capacity so I I have made a lifelong commitment to to you know strive for equality um, for everybody. So I can't do that. I can't show up for the rest of the world if if I feel shame or guilt surrounding my own self care. So um, I that's one of the stories that I kind of just you know or the projections that I literally just hand back to people now. It's just like nope, I'm not taking that. You know. If people want to to shame anyone for taking time to self-care, I'm not interested in, in being a part of that because I know right. that I have a certain set of requirements that I need to fulfill in order for me to be able to to be present and to you know help affect change in the world. And, and self-care is one of them. So no shame over here. <laughs> yeah. And that's really good. You know, the thing of it is, is like you said, so many people struggle with it. And I, I hate that. I I know a lot of that comes from upbringing, too, and in society, the way that in in this culture, and, in, and when I say this culture, I mean America, in the United States, um, people are really to work constantly. In fact, um, workaholism, which work addiction, is a very acceptable and prominent disease, you know, and people die from that just like they do alcoholism and addiction. Their relationships suffer from it just like alcoholism and and other forms of addiction. Their uh, kids suffer from it for the same reasons. I mean, it's, it's disease. In my mind, it's the same thing. It's an addiction and it, 
And unfortunately, it rides on that guilt and shame, just like alcoholism, just like drug addiction. It rides on that. It's it's fed off of that. And so if you can get rid of that and realize that, you know, we don't, we can't live, we can't thrive if we don't have rest, if we don't have nourishment, if we don't have downtime, if we don't let ourselves have a break. We can't. I've seen too many people in my life, um, significant others and family members, who have been workaholics, who did not practice self-care, who did die an early age of it or lived a very miserable life as a result of it, and never yeah. really thought out their dreams. I mean, even, you know, a, a great deal of people that I know that are pursuing their dreams are very big advocates of self-care. And those who are just kind of working to make money, and money is their main priority, those are the ones that are not advocates of self-care. And that's, and that's general. I'm not saying that there isn't anyone out there that's all motivated by money that doesn't practice self-care. I'm just saying that in my experience, that's what I've seen. And so I don't know if it's a fear base. You know, if it's like if mm-hmm. I don't take a break, I'm not going to have enough. I don't, I don't know what it is. But I know that it's certainly necessary in order to live a fulfilled life. And I also want to say you mentioned something about, you know, having taking that time um, – for yourself and not having that, not having that shame and, and kind of making sure that you, that you do that. It kind of spurred something in my mind about Standing Rock. And again, um, Kelly Daniels will be on on Saturday to kind of give us more information. But um, I've been thinking about, I know there's been a couple of different perspectives from two different, from the chairman and from Chase Iron Eyes, which I'm not really knowledgeable, I don't want to say exactly what their positions are, but I know that um, a lot of people left, obviously, because winter is coming, and now there are people there that are very winterized. And I thought, you know, in my humble opinion, and I'm certainly not putting that out there because I don't want to white explain this at all, um, even though I don't even claim that part of me, I claim only the Cherokee, but still I know I'm not (laughs) of that culture. But what I would say is that from a self-care perspective and from a running the long game perspective, like what you mentioned, um, I think this is something, if we look at Standing Rock, Standing Rock has been such a big platform for change throughout the world. I mean, in, in every aspect, you know, environmental um, and then, you know, just bringing our attention back to natives and the idea of oppression and, you know, human and civil rights and on and on and on. We've just, so many things have been awakened as a result of this. Um, but also the idea that if we start organizing, instead of just being one individual, if we start organizing, that's where we can do so much more. Because in, in the Standing Rock situation, and this is what I'm hopeful is happening, um, is that you know, there's like people that are more winterized that come in for the winter and allow the people who've been there since March to go and rest and recharge Mm. and rejuvenate. And then the winter people hold it down, you know, and just kind of keep keep on the ground because we know that's important full of it because, you know, they're, they're winterized and they're ready for that weather and they can, they can handle it. And then, you know, whenever their shift is over, you know, then other people come in. I think that's a great way to look at 
how we're going to tackle the next four years, you know, is <laughs> organize and really kind of be okay with letting, because a lot of it's control issues too, and I struggle with this as well, you know, but letting go of those reins and letting other people help and, you know, switching off shifts so that you're not doing all of it because there is so much work ahead. I think it would be overwhelming to try to take it all on, but if we can kind of share it, then we can have shifts and we can get a lot more self-care in that way. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I kind of got goosebumps there at the end when you said about the next four years and I love that <laughs> approach. And the reason I love it is because, you know, when, as we've been talking about self-care, one of the things that I wanted to say was um, because as, as I mentioned, it tends to kind of sometimes be mocked slightly and, Sometimes we think of self-care as, you know, going to the spa and getting our nails done or getting a massage. And it might be some of those things. Personally, I don't do any of those things. I can't tell you Nor do I, I. a massage yeah. or, or my nails done. You know, that's not my life. And I'm, I'm not ridiculing anyone who opts for those things or, yeah. or um, variations of them. But when I talk about self-care, sometimes it's literally just taking a moment with a hot drink or closing my eyes for a few minutes, you know, carving out time wherever I'm able to and doing whatever I need to do for me to be less stressed and less anxious and more competent and just more present that day. Sometimes that might be paying one of my bills. You know, self-care isn't just one specific kind of um like i say it's not necessarily the spa thing it can be practical things right. as well so with that at standing rock i, I think that's uh, such a, a wonderful thing to for us to contemplate is you know that stepping in it's kind of like you know you guys must be really really tired and you know, how many months can anyone spend in those conditions? Not just the physical side of it, but everything, the mental aspect. There's so much of it that is draining. And, you know, these are the things that I think we, we're we able to do for each other and that it would be great if we can start doing more of that. Um, obviously, not just at Standing Rock, but as you say, just in in different ways for each other over the next four years because... These are the kind of things that will get us through this. This is what we need to be looking at, I think, um, because it is a long game, unfortunately. This isn't something that's just going to blow over um, in you know, a month or two. It's, this is something that we need to really kind of strategize for, and we need, to, we need to make sure that we're not going to burn out and be frazzled after the first six months. And also, I think it's a beautiful way of building community and being compassionate towards each other, noticing what other people need, you know, noticing what needs are asking to be met that might not be our needs, but just having awareness for our community, for our local community and for our global community. Again, I think it's a domino effect. I think that when we start to really kind of hone in on those those very basic morals but hugely hugely important ones that that has a ripple effect and you know we we send that that love out into the world so um yeah i think and i'm really excited actually that kelly is going to be on on saturday i'm so glad that i caught that um that announcement and on today's show because that's something i'll definitely be tuning into because i 
like you, I, I don't want to kind of just start getting complacent about standing rock because there's there's much more that that you know needs to come next and we need to make sure that we're present and not distracted for, for when that happens. Yes, I agree and thank you for saying that. I I'm really honored that she's gonna be on. I I'm grateful for this connection. I will say, you know, kind of like with uh when when you and I spoke um, I don't know if it was on show or just in just on a chat on the phone, but um, you know we talked about Trump just being a candidate, much less being elected. But um, even in the darkness of that, um, there was a you know a lot to be grateful for. The idea that uh, survivors of sexual abuse and sexual assault had come forward to share their stories. There were you know there's all sorts of things that come out of this darkness um, that. That are that are things to be grateful for. Uh, the same to be said with uh, Standing Rock. Of course, none of us wants it to come from this, and that's not to say that any of this is good or that any of this is wanted. But um, and it's not even that because just like after the election, none of us were just quite ready to see the silver lining. You know, it was like, okay, when right. I'm ready, you know, I'm past the grief. When I get to the acceptance stage, maybe then. But right now, I'm just angry and upset and I'm crying. But um, yeah. You know, with the Standing Rock situation, it's just, it, there have been a lot of connections made. It's been wonderful for me personally as someone who has longed for true connectedness to Native American culture To uh, because, you know, being that I am um, Cherokee and yet was not raised in the culture, uh, my dad, that's where I get, you know, my, my lineage from him, that's where the Cherokee comes from, and that's that's something that has always been difficult for me because he, you know, he wasn't in my life and yet I was raised by my mother's parents. And so I was really actually, uh, they were very racist. And so I was actually forbidden to even really claim my heritage, much less connect to it. So I really missed out on that and felt very out of place uh, because you, you know, a lot of your ancestry is passed down and you don't, there are a lot of things I didn't value that they did. There were just, I didn't fit in the way I looked every, it just, I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't a blonde haired, blue eyed kid, like, you know, everyone else. And like my, my mother, I didn't look anything like any of them. So I just didn't feel like a fit and I didn't have an opportunity to know why they didn't fit <laughs> and that it was okay because right. it was, you know, part of who I was and that it could be celebrated. I didn't know any of that. And now I'm getting this opportunity to reach out to people and to get online and to see for the first time like my natives speaking and and hearing them speak their language which to be quite honest has been all but abolished I mean that's something that's been so powerful for me is I listen to them sing and I'm able to hear you know a native person like sing songs I'm able to close my eyes and just envision and, and hear that and it's been a blessing, you know, in this darkness, there's been a lot to come of it. And, and I think community has been great for the Sioux tribe and the natives have heard some of them talk about how, um, and this is just individual experiences, so I'm not speaking for everyone. This is just what I've, you know, heard and read. Um, but that many people who were struggling, you know, on the reservation, even with, um, you know, addiction and um, alcoholism, and this is not... I'm not trying to reiterate this lie that natives are all alcoholics and addicts. That's not it at all. But yeah. um, when you when you pass when you enforce 
really, when it's forced poverty that you end up in, because that's what's happened, you know, um, you literally have uh, nothing because you're not allowed to because that's how you're being oppressed, that's how you're being held down. Um, It becomes a method of self-medication. It becomes a method of financial means. And so at any rate, when that takes over, uh, there's also a lack of, I mean, when people are trying to destroy your spirit and destroy your culture and destroy your language and destroy your lineage and destroy your la- and steal your land and, and destroy everything that you are, I mean, it's kind of hard to keep fighting that fight. So I totally empathize, but they were talking about the fact that this coming together and this community that you spoke of, Skylar, the fact that we all need it, um, you know, there's six things everybody needs and it's, sense of physical safety, sense of emotional security, sense of belonging, sense of mission, sense of competency, blanking on the last one. But those things are provided in community. Um, And although I know there was definitely an attack on physical safety and emotional security quite often, which is, you know, how we know that these people um, in these – I wouldn't even want to say that it was all necessarily the militarized police I mean, it was them, of course, committing the crimes, but the people in charge of them certainly know that, and they try to break that up. But the fact that they were able to have a sense of belonging and a sense of mission and a sense of competency, and they were able to feel that emotional security within the community that they built together and the physical safety of being protected by each other and having veterans come in and protect them and having all of us, you know, chime in and care and watch that has I mean from this person's perspective that has actually helped a lot of people who were struggling with addiction stop I mean like they have no use for alcohol or drugs now they're just able to because they have found what's been missing all along and they're able to find their mission and their purpose and remember like you said with your your empowerment experience remember themselves and why they're right. here, and it's that's a beautiful thing. And I and I don't want to burn out. And I, I think that's why it's so important that we all really make sure that we take moments of time and carve those out. You know, go for a walk, like you said, just close your eyes. You know, do a little meditation for ten minutes. Anything that just kind of gives you a little bit of a breather, because it is a it is a long game. And Elizabeth Harvin had talked about, you know, she's the um, intuitive medium that I have on the show once a month, and she's been doing these prayer shows with me as well. And she had had said, you know, commitment is what she keeps hearing um, from spirit. Is that it's really about commitment. We have to be committed. And so you're right on to be committed, and and I'm committed as well. And I know you probably feel this, and I'll I'm I'm not going to speak for you. I'll let you speak, let you say if I, if this is correct, but. When I look back on my life and everything that I've been through from birth, I know this sounds weird. It's just that something keeps coming to me. It's like this is what I've been trained for, like all my life. This is what I've been training for because my life has been a long game. You know, like it's been struggle after struggle after struggle after struggle, crisis after crisis after crisis, you know, and just kind of having to push through and learn how to, practice self-care and learn how to keep going forward no matter what and keep pushing no matter what and, you know, get counseling when necessary and keep pushing and keep dreaming and not let anything destroy it and 
not give anyone my power no matter what happens and just keep moving forward. And it's like, okay, this makes sense now because, you know, I think that's why we feel called is those of us that have been training for this all of our lives, now we, we know what to do and we have to be, we have to be a voice for those that are still finding one and help them find it, you know, not speak for them, but help them find it and help them speak. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree with that. And, you know, I think it's crucial for each of us in our lives to, to have something that centers us. And so for some people, it might be faith. Um, for some people, it might be family. Um, for me personally, it's creativity. I was just talking to um, some friends yesterday about this, about the fact that, you know, post-election, very, very initially, as in that night <laughs> and the next day, I yeah. felt just completely vulnerable. That was the the overwhelming emotion for me, just one of obviously shock, disbelief, denial, um, but very, very much vulnerability. And because of my writing, um, I have a lot of people who follow my work that have been um, victims of of trauma. Um, a lot of them are, are women who have dealt with um, sexual trauma. And my inbox was just flooded with messages from women who um, were feeling exactly the same way that I was. And I just thought, well, you know, I I can't unfortunately single-handedly change a, a decision you know an election vote but i i have to be able to to provide something to make some sense out of this for at least for myself and then i can try and be of service to other people um and it, it came to me very very clearly like once again because I, I already knew this about myself but that I, there was a, the tiniest, smallest voice in my head that particular night that then got louder and louder as the coming days and weeks went on, which was there is something at the center of me that no president or person can take away from me, and that is my creativity. Right. And I've said for a long time, creativity is my meditation. If I if I was a religious person, it would be my faith. It's the unshakable thing mm-hmm. at the core of me that carries me through so when events such as this happen um on a global scale or on a you know much closer to home personal scale i i almost have that that inner sigh of relief because i know that i have something to fall back on i know that i can write about it i can use photography i mean um writing and photography are my my chosen kind of you know preferred means of expression and writing about something or or taking photos doesn't change my external circumstances ever, if you know, at all. So it's not about, oh, I'll I'll do this and then this will change this situation. But again, it's about the internal shift. It's about me just being able to take something that I'm trying to process and or, or, or that I'm grieving about and being able to to make some sense of it or just being able to feel that I can manage and cope with more ease. So mm-hmm. I think everybody needs to be able to have something, you know, whatever that is, and it will be different for, for different people. Um, 
but something that that they can hold on to that isn't determined by anybody else externally, but something that lives inside that's just for you and not even something that you, you need to share with anybody else if you don't want to, but just something that you, a guiding light within you that helps you just deal with life. We all need that. So, um, yeah, I think that these events that are happening um, in, in so many areas, we, many of us do feel just exactly as you said, that we've, we've kind of been getting training for this for many years, if not all of our lives. Um, and uh, my experience is definitely that, you know, as I just said, that we have to have a thing that we can we can rely on in these times of, of challenge and difficulty. So, um, mm-hmm. and community is essential. Community really, really is essential. And that's what community is. It's sharing, it's being there, supporting one another, showing up for one another, witnessing one another. And also, it's an exchange. It's, you know, looking at the person next to you, what, what does this person need that I might be able to offer? Um, and you're supporting each other through these times of crises and also and this is definitely worth mentioning because I know Tasha that you did um when we had the news um last week was it about the DAPL um it well perhaps right. the week before um and you said about celebrating the victories and this is something again that is essential to community um there's an event actually that i'm hoping to go to tomorrow um here in new york city which is um called art after trump and it's a whole bunch of artists Mm -hmm. coming together um you know to (laughs) talk about art after trump and how we continue (laughs) and how we express ourselves and um i'm sure it'll be interesting but also it's a it's a way of i mean art is is defiant in so many ways and that's what I love about artists and artists collaborating and coming together in community um and but we also do it not just when we're mourning collectively but when we're celebrating and it may be small celebrations and they may not be as often as we'd like them to be um but I think it's essential that we we keep our eye on you know what we need to be focusing on but that we do take time as a community to come together and celebrate when we can because again it's a long game we're in it for the long haul and we need to we need to find spaces where we can just just enjoy and celebrate the things that are worthy of celebration because that that's another essential ingredient of helping us get through. Yes, it truly is. And, and, you know, on a, and that's on an individual level and a community level. And then you take that to a global planetary level. And, and to be honest, uh, you know, I'm going to say this just as blatantly as I can, because I just happen to be a very honest individual, but I didn't personally see that situation as a victory. I didn't. I personally was like, this is a political ploy, whatever. That's the, I, I took that I took that situation uh, from a cynical viewpoint. And I don't know if that's just my own trust issues in my as a result of my life, or if it's my ancestors, you know, speaking through me. But whatever it was, I didn't trust it, and I felt like it was a a, a tactic to pull you know, media and the eyes of the world away 
from a situation that was still very active because the truth was they had never had easement in the entire time they were laying pipeline and drilling in situations that were already criminal because having Kelly on the show before, she'd already said that, you know, they were already um, going against the law to continue to construct this pipeline without permits. And so not granting them an easement, although it was something that, of course, the tribe wanted and, of course, the tribe asked for, and I'm not saying to them this wasn't a victory for you. I'm saying that's not how I felt. I didn't feel that way. I didn't see it as a victory. In fact, I was more or less like, no, please stop. Don't, please don't stop watching. You know, the world needs to watch now. And, in fact, I went quickly and made a little, you know, Facebook meme that instructed people to continue to watch because I just knew that even if it was a victory, it was merely a battle not the war that had been won. And yet I still knew, even though in my head I was like, whatever, I still knew it was important for everyone to celebrate it as a victory um, and for the natives to dance and drum and, 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 and have that celebration. One, because like you said, individually and for the community, it's a release and it, it's necessary yeah. to keep you going and to keep you seeing, you know, just like in life when you make long-term goals for yourself, you'll never get there if you don't celebrate the small achievements along the way because you'll never see progress, you know. And if you don't see progress, you'll give up because it's just it'll be too overwhelming to keep heading towards something that seems like you're never, ever, ever going to get there. And so that's one reason. Yeah. But the other reason that it was necessary is because it raises the vibration of the entire planet when everyone celebrates something. You know, it's like right now I I keep thinking, and this sounds really cheesy, but it's like we need a Superman. You know, we need something, we need something (laughs) so big that just like makes us cheer as a world because that, that level of celebration, like global celebration, a worldwide celebration um, coming together. That's why these prayers that people are creating and that, you know, the Sioux tribe has created, um, the global synchronized prayers that have been happening um, randomly, those are so important too because our, our minds come together collectively. and We have a lot of power. I mean, I truly believe, I know not everyone believes this way. I'm not a religious person either, but I am spiritual. And I do believe that we are super beings. I believe we have superpowers. I believe that each one of us is gifted with the ability, you know, to to see, hear, sense things that aren't necessarily right in front of us physically. I do believe that we all have that, every single one of us. We, some of it, for some of us, it's asleep, and for some of us, it's been awakened. Um, I feel like when we come together mentally and spiritually, you know, not necessarily physically, but mentally and spiritually, we connect our minds and hearts for the same goal. There's a lot of power in that, and I feel the same way about a global celebration, just lifting the vibration of the planet because in the, in, in the true scheme of things, when someone like Trump is elected and the stuff at Sandy Rock's going on, then you have the things happening in Syria and all this stuff. I mean, there's a darkness that just encompasses the world, and it's just like Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know, darkness won't drive out darkness. Like, only only light will do that, and you know, hate doesn't drive out hate. Only love will do that. So if we raise our vibrations, you know, to, to love and to like, now that doesn't mean that we walk around um, 
and not allow, not give accountability. We still hold people accountable. I mean, you can still be loving and filled with light and hold people accountable. Um, but that is to say that just like Martin Luther King Jr., you do it from a space of love and not from a space of hatred. And I really do believe that's another reason those celebrations are so necessary is because they are love and they are light. And they raise yeah. that vibration above that darkness. And and then it's really hard, you know, because if you can't you can't keep people oppressed when they're celebrating, when they're happy. You know, like oppression is like I love depression. that. So Yeah, so I mean I think if we can create more of those come up with celebrations, come up with a reason to celebrate, you know, like if we can create more of those, especially on a global scale, I think that would be very powerful. Yeah, I, and I really love that, that you said that about you can't oppress people when they're happy and celebrating. And it had a, a complete flashback to just after the election, the Monday after the election. Um, and I went along <laughs> with a very heavy heart to um, a, an event that was organized by uh, now NYC, the National Organization of Women in New York City. And I really didn't know what to expect. It was I thought it was an evening to kind of like come together in community, to grieve, to perhaps strategize. I, I didn't really know. I, I think a lot of people attending, there was a thousand of us that attended. And I, I think from talking to other women in line and once we were seated at the event, I think everyone had just come there because they just didn't know where else to go. You know, we were, we were mourning, we were grieving and we needed direction. And it was so <laughs> incredible to me that a few hours later I would leave that same venue and I was like a different person and Donald mm. Trump was still the president-elect nothing had changed and yet <laughs> everything had changed because I had come together with a group of a thousand women and it the um, event started with uh, a meditation and it there was music there was singing there was you know, a lot of things being said by the speakers on the stage. We had Gloria Steinem come up and she just raised the roof, as you can imagine. And yeah. I just came away feeling such a sense of hope. And it was part of it was because the event had been very well put together. Um, but I say very well put together. I mean, it had been put together last minute because honestly, no one was anticipating that the event would even be necessary. So, it wasn't um, a kind of, you know, a, a very well orchestrated event for many months. It was, it was a response. It was a, an outpouring, and it was, it was incredible because it really reminded me of what happens when we come together physically, and what happens mm -hmm. when we, we, you know, take that experience and then we share it online, offline, however, whatever means we have accessible to us. Um, across the globe and it it just struck me the power of connection and community and compassion and joy you know those those are things that really transcend hatred and darkness and all the other things and mm. we do have to act we can't just you know stay in as we've spoken about before apathy bubbles and it's not really enough in it certainly wasn't enough in 2016. It won't be enough in 2017 just to send out love and light and not act. It's right. uncomfortable right. a lot of the time, but we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. We're going to mess up. We're going to screw up, but we have to keep forging forward. And I think right. that 
you know, events such as that remind me personally of of what it is to to go from one experience of, of trauma and darkness and then have a completely different experience. And I think that we do have the capacity to turn anything around. We really, really do. And we we owe that to each other you know everyone every person on this planet has a global responsibility to do their their bit and that's with regards to um to equality with racism with sexism um with climate change because if we don't start paying attention to this planet really 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 quickly like you know mm-hmm. yesterday none of this will even matter anymore because we won't have a planet to be on so we have the capacity and the power to to affect great change, and I, I just like to see us really embrace that change and everyone to play their part because we can do this. We absolutely can. Yes, I completely agree. And let me say, we we we're about out of time. We have like three minutes, but I want to say to to what you said, you know, we can. I I, I am a big believer that we can move mountains. I I do know that. I've seen it happen. I've I've seen it in my own life and I know that um, I just know that we have that power. I, I think that's one reason the powers that be try so hard to keep everyone from knowing that and to keep everyone yes. oppressed and to keep the most powerful spirit on the planet. In my perspective, the most powerful people on the planet are the native Americans. And the reason is because they have not let go of their spirituality. They have not let go of the fact that they know their power. They've not let go of that. They've, they have never let, you know, uh, gaming devices and shopping all the time and, you know, materialism and all that stuff take over to the point that they've become consumers instead of super beings. They, they have not allowed that to happen. And so I think that's one reason it's, they've been the most oppressed people is not just because I think the government fears anything. I mean, they've stolen from the very get-go, you know, from these people. So they fear what the, the, you know, reprisals, but at the same time, I think it's also because somewhere there is knowledge that those, that's the key right there, that they, they've got the key and they could easily get right. the rest of us, which is kind of what they're doing with Standing Rock. And so if we will just take those keys and listen and, and, and follow and understand that, like you said, we have the power. We've always had it. And the only, I mean, the only reason that anyone would ever try to oppress us is because they know we've had it. And so right. if we know that and we combine our spirits and our minds and we act, like you said, I mean, I, I know prayer is powerful. I know love and light is powerful. But I also know we have to do more. And that isn't to say that prayer isn't enough. That isn't to say that. It's just that I've seen enough people use prayer as um, a means of avoiding responsibility. And we can't do that now. We have to do everything we can and pray as often as we can and do what, whatever we can to raise our voices and raise our minds and raise our intentions and raise our spirits and honestly change this world. We certainly can do it. We're about out of time, so I'm just going to let everybody know. Uh, Skylar and I may continue talking for a moment. <laughs> so uh, if you're listening on air, uh, the show will end. But if you want to hear our continued conversation, you can always go to the archive show and, and you can catch the rest of the conversation there. 
Um, it'll be ready and available for you sometime after 4 p.m. Central, but we're going to continue to talk. So as um, the listeners that are listening on air, I just want to let you know that as the host here, I'm always grateful that you tune in and that you listen. I hope you'll take advantage of the offer and get online, go to skylibertyrose.com and check out the empowerment experience and, and certainly register for it and take advantage of the 15% off for listening to the show. And please don't forget to tune in Saturday at 11 a.m., and hopefully you'll be listening to us then. Have a great day. Okay, so you and I can, can keep talking now. <laughs> um, okay. I, just, I, I love that you said that, um, that, you know, we can, that we can move, that we can change this, that we really can. I, I've been seeing a lot of people kind of rolling their eyes about the idea of even changing the situation with Trump. And I'm like, you know, I mean, seriously, if we all put our hearts and minds together, there's no telling what kind of energy we could send to the electors. There's no telling what's possible. I mean, how could it hurt? You know, it's like, okay, well, if you yeah. can't change it, if that's your perspective, then it can't hurt, you know? So it's like, it's, let's, let's all do whatever we can. I'm, I'm not going to blow off any opportunity to try to shift things in a more positive direction certainly not going to roll my eyes and be that cynical. It's like we've got to, we've got to do whatever we can here. So uh, I truly think that it's important that we, we start. And, you know, I mean, Standing Rock has certainly proven that. So I think we take that and we follow in their footsteps. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that, um, that, that just that made me think of, just as you were saying that, was, um, and I can't remember the quote, like, word for word, but um, Marianne Williamson uh, has that quote, yeah, quite a famous one about, it's not, you know, that we're afraid of our of, of smallness, it's actually our power and our greatness, and again, I, I can't remember mm. the exact words, but we're actually afraid of, of shining our own light, and that, you know, we are that powerful, yeah. because it that scares us, and I think, again, it's, it, it was always historically it has always suited the the powers that be to keep people from really realizing their full potential because that mm-hmm. that is scary to people who are controlling the, the world and the planet and everything that you know we do on a daily basis um the corporations it's scary it would be the worst possible thing that could happen to to those you know very few really people who are actually kind of like, you know, controlling such a a huge amount. The worst thing that could happen for them is that we do realize our full potential and our true power because then everything would change. So they're not invested in in that realization because that's the worst thing that could happen for them. Right. Well, they're invested in the things that keep our our whole bodies oppressed. I mean, you know, and I'm not slamming people out there that, um, you know, have our reliance on pharmaceutical drugs or anything like that. But when you're invested in pharmaceutical companies, more so than you are natural healing, like herbal medicine, like that which the Native Americans use, when you're invested in, you know, um, the Monsanto and things that are destroying our food sources and not invested in growing our own, when you're invested in um, all of those things that actually work to destroy our bodies and our body's own ability to survive in the way it was built and meant to, then you certainly don't want us to realize our own powers. In fact, you want to keep us sick, you know, so that we not only spiritually, mentally, emotionally can't realize our own powers, but even physically we're not able to even function 
the way that we need to on a physical level. Yeah, absolutely. And I again, I I mean, I've I've taken antidepressants um, in the past, uh, you know, quite a few years ago. But um, I I've gone to um, conventional medicine for many things. But so I, I'm again like you. I'm not saying that that's not something that anyone needs to not do. But my right. my problem with big pharma and um, doctors both here and in London I've had very similar experiences where um well just to give you an example I went to um the doctors in this country for a cough that I had last year that just would not let up and I I tried um you know herbal vapor rub and um all manner of things and it just wouldn't go and the doctor wanted to give me some kind of like steroid spray and I heard the word steroid and I was like wait a minute this is just this is insane you know and it wasn't it wasn't even like the fact that he offered that to me as a um as an option what scared me more was the fact that he went right in there he didn't ask what I tried to do to help myself there was no mention of diet or anything else and this was the same experience when I went to um a different doctor for migraines I was straight away I was told that I could take beta blockers and I I, I was just alarmed that no other um, exploration in any other area is done. So it, it's almost as though the big farmer is just set up to um, just to, to push drugs onto people who mm-hmm. have even the slightest ailment. And of course, that has an impact on our bodies because our bodies don't remember how to fight for themselves naturally. Um, and our dependency mm-hmm. on drugs grows. So it's 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 very pervasive and we we have to wake up to this we have to be alert to this because it's very easy for a doctor to write a script to anything um but we we have to be comfortable you know find our own voices and and say no you know i I don't want that and you know just have the the courage to speak up for ourselves and it's otherwise it you know they get to win and that's that's not okay because we we can't win this good fight if we're sick and oppressed all the time. Right. Well, and too, um, you know, again, uh, putting that out there that I'm, I'm not judging anyone that uh, is taking pharmaceutical drugs or reliant on it, but at the same time, I'm aware that the more any of us depend on, and I'm saying this because I know pharmaceuticals is backed by government, so the more any of us depend on government, the more any of us depend on the pharmaceutical companies, the more that we can be easily controlled because if suddenly we don't have access to that, like for instance, when they rip away your insurance, <laughs> they rip away your healthcare plan. Right. Or, you know, like when all of a sudden you don't have access to those things that you've become dependent on and now your body can't function without and doesn't know, like you said, doesn't remember how to function on its own or how to utilize um, organic, you know, food sources in order to have the same effect, then you're screwed, you know, and it's like they know yeah. that. And so that's a that's a power play. That's a way to get control over people. If you get control over people's physical well-being, you've got full control. And so yeah. one way to kind of get out from under that thumb is to start becoming less and less reliant at least, you know, and, and that's one way. I mean, there's many ways, but that's one way is to get less and less reliant on, on them for your whole well-being. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a valid point about, um, 
you know, the the kind of that fear of not being able to mm-hmm. to have a, um, a a drug of you know that you think is is healing you because we do have a dependency and we have a, a mental dependency on what our um, physical dependency is and so it's it, it, you just have to be in any pharmacy and if somebody has a problem getting the um, the prescription it, you can tell that you know people start to panic because they they really have become very very dependent on this help that they're getting for their health and um it's it's really it's not good to see that i think that as i say there's definitely a place for conventional medicine but i don't think it needs to be the default answer to everything um and i think that there's so many other ways that we can we can try to help ourselves um with nutrition with um exercise and again with community because there's so many there's so much dis-ease that is brought on by um by stress and isolation and you know not feeling as though we're able to cope in life in general that all of that manifests itself in the body and Mm -hmm. so when we don't have those support systems in our lives then we our health suffers because of it and so then it, it just we get caught up in this cycle and this this downward spiral where we we just don't feel equipped to to help ourselves at all so again community is coming to me loud and clear as being mm-hmm. such a an important important um structure within within our lives and the also, um, Circle, I'm, I'm so fascinated with Circle. And again, I know that's um, a very kind of ancient um, mm-hmm. kind of part of ceremony and ritual for so many cultures. And there's a reason that sitting in Circle is so powerful. Um, you know, no one's elevated. Nobody is at the head of the table. Nobody's kind of like talking down to anyone. It's It's so symbolic of of community and what we can achieve and mm-hmm. you know the setup of community so um yeah i i really i really that's something i'm i'm really kind of um drawn to at the moment is circle yeah i love that and you know you watch the um native at standing rock as they stood in prayer circle and you know the idea that everyone like you said there's no hierarchy everyone is at an equal stance and everyone matters. Everyone needs to be there to complete the circle. And I do love that too. I think that's, I think that's extremely necessary. And this is coming from an introvert because introverts don't typically like a whole lot of community, <laughs> but like, you know, right. right now you can sense the importance of it. It's just so necessary. And I think it's something that Elizabeth Harvin has said n- numerous times on the show is that there's a call for us to return to the tribe and the tribe being the human tribe, you know, like our our human family. Um, And I think that's what we're all feeling, that sense of community needing the circle, the even the self-care, because like you said, this level of dis-ease, which is interesting, it's um, people aren't aware, I don't think, that a vast majority, and I would personally say all, illness, disease, everything comes from, you know, a spiritual breakdown. And when I say spiritual, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about um, your personal spirit uh, being broken or, you know, if you've had something happen in your life, in other words, that's been traumatic or 
an issue that is unresolved, something that has not been faced or healed and has been yet suppressed within you, that manifests in your body. And until that is released and healed, they will create negative um, effects within your body. And there is actually a site. I'm going to plug this person. I'm going to have to, you have to excuse me for a second as I look it up, but um, there's a life coach um, that has a list of diseases and or illnesses and kind of, you know, the origins or whatever. And each one of them, she talks about the spiritual, the spiritual origin of it. So her name is Kathy Hadley. So if you go to Kathy with a K, K-A-T-H-Y, Hadley, H-A-D as in dog, L-E-Y, lifecoach.com. She has, or you can just Google spiritual causes of disease. She has this whole list of of diseases and ailments and parts of the body. So like if there's something wrong with your foot, well, she has, you know, what the foot represents and then you can kind of understand why that particular thing might be occurring in your foot. It's very interesting if you ever want to go and look at that. I've referred to it many times, and it's always right on, like always been right on, yeah. down to a headache, a migraine, whatever. So, you know, I've, I encourage this. My counselor, thankfully I had a great counselor who was very holistic in perspective, and she always said, you know, there have been plenty of studies that have been done that trace you know, even like breast cancer and all sorts of cancers back to unresolved issues, you know, from childhood, from early adulthood, from that just have been suppressed in the body. And until they are dealt with and healed, you know, it just continues to create a toxic effect within the body. And the more toxic you become, you know, like as, the, as an individual, like the more things happen to you that you don't heal, even if you walk around with a smile on your face, the more toxic your body becomes. And so, yeah, yeah, I love that you mentioned that. No, it's something that I'm really, um, that's really at the forefront of my mind at the moment. And it's actually a theme that I'll be addressing in my new course that I'll be running in February. Um, that's the Yay, great remembering. Tell me about that. Tracing about back to you. Right. So it's, it's, it will be another online series um, and I'm, I'm piecing it together at the moment. So it's still very much taking shape, but it's going to be about looking at the memory of the body. Um, I think that our bodies hold all of our experiences. I think we have in our body our, our griefs, our losses, our disappointments. The body holds everything in storage. And I think it's almost that we, we hold on to all of this emotional shrapnel and things get lodged within us. And we like you said sometimes we just learn to kind of live with the the pain the discomfort but we we don't always really actually just acknowledge that um you know emotion is energy emotion and when things get blocked when emotions get blocked energy is blocked and again that manifests itself usually in a, a physical ailment which can travel around the body um it's i mean there's so many layers to this and as i say it's something that i'm i'm really putting together at the moment but this isn't about the course won't be about um offering a solution it's not going to be okay so if you've got a migraine come do this course and you know you won't have a migraine anymore 
because everyone <laughs> will have a, a different experience, you know, different experiences. Um, but it's about, it's going to be bringing together um, the witnessing of things as well. So just learning to acknowledge what is what what is within us and exploring some of that and finding ways to dislodge things that have been kind of, you know, stuck in our bodies for many, many years. But I'm also really interested in exploring um, our kind of ancient DNA and memories that our body holds that may not even be from this lifetime. Um, yeah. You know, oh, I love like that. Things that are, you know, very going way, way, way back to things that we identify with that we haven't actually lived, you know, in this particular mm-hmm. life cycle. Um, things mm-hmm. that are visible, things that are disappeared. I'm interested in exploring the parts of us that sometimes leave when we're in relationships, the things that we feel are seen mm-hmm. or unseen. And I think that our our wholeness, if you like, sometimes we, we end up feeling fragmented because when we enter a relationship, sometimes there's parts of us that get left behind or when we give birth, sometimes there's parts of us that get left behind. And none of this is bad. It's not like, oh God, I lost myself when I, I got married or I had a child and now I don't know who right. I am anymore. It's not about that. It's just about recognizing that we, we're we always whole, but it, it can sometimes, uh, you know, things get kind of fragmented slightly and it's about understanding that we we're allowed to encompass all of who we are we don't just have to have certain things at the forefront um and there's um you know we have so much that we we juggle and that we manage and we're so kind of fixated on kind of most of us have like a particular focus in our life and we we neglect all the other stories and fragments that make up the whole of who we are so um yeah there's going to be a as i say still taking shape so some of it hasn't kind of materialized yet but um i'm i'm really interested in in what the body holds and the capacity that the body has i think it's just incredible and i think it again this self-awareness and um this this deep self-acceptance will help carry us through the coming months and years and it will it, it's a gift that we can give to ourselves and each other of, um, of of seeing ourselves of witnessing ourselves and our stories and being able to hold space for them oh, I so agree oh, I love that so much I'm looking forward to that one I've just been blown Thank away you. by your empowerment experience and now I'm like this one is it spoke to me especially because um I've recently discovered, I guess, within the last six months, um, you know, along the same lines about what I just spoke about with the spiritual causes of disease, uh, the idea, you know, that the body, just like our minds, you know, it adapts and maladapts, right? So, like, adaptation being that as a healthy adapting and maladaptation being, like, in an unhealthy way. So, like, for instance, if you're in a dysfunctional family, there's the roles of a dysfunctional family, and those are maladaptive roles. Um, And then there's, you know, just being someone that adapts in a situation like that rather than maladapting. You might just actually walk away from the situation or try to remove yourself. Well, our body does the same thing. And I've come to realize that, you know, if you're around toxic people or a lot of negative energy, like, let's say you're in a relationship with a really abusive person, 
um, you know, not only are you uh, finding ways to survive it emotionally and mentally, which, I mean, of course, if you are, I ask that you get counseling and look for ways to, to remove yourself from that. But this is just an example. Um, you will tend to also, uh, at least for some, not all, because it, it affects people differently, but sometimes people will start to put on weight um, because, their body is like creating a protective shield, you know, like that will absorb some of that energy. Uh, Another reason why it's important, obviously, to get out of it and detox and clear yourself because that energy is being being absorbed in your body and therefore it would, you know, stand to reason that eventually it would leak into the rest of your body and make it toxic. But it's like your body is, is a machine that has been designed to survive and not just physically but in every other way and <laughs> think about I mean I the other day I was driving and I was thinking about the fact that Annette Bingham and you know her and love her as, as I do and she is um, she's got a project she's, she's launching as well which I'll have her on the show to talk about this but um, she's talking about the the reawakened woman, and I was thinking about you know I never really stop and think about this because I don't have children, but women create life. I mean, like we bring life into the world, and so another you know thing back to oppression, right? You keep women oppressed because I mean they they are powerful, you know We're, we are powerful. Right. We bring life into this world. We we are the healers. We are the nurturers. We we are the life bringers. We are the life blood. We are the reason that these men walk the planet. You know, so it's like, yep. of course, there's another you know very highly oppressed uh, population, and for the same reason is because we're powerful. And certainly, you put us together, we're even more powerful. Which is another reason society works so hard to keep us fragmented and to keep us against each other rather than coming together because if we came together, just like natives, you know, the tribes that have been fighting each other for years came together for Standing Rock and look what it yeah. did. Look what it's created. Look at the movement. It's yeah. the same with women. So, yeah, I love this. I think, whew, that's going to be great. I'm excited to see what, what manifests from that project. Yeah, and I, I, I love hearing that, um, that, I mean, that's amazing about Annette, that really is, because one of the things that's really helping me to navigate through um, certainly the rest of this year and, and you know, set the foundations for, for next year and, and what's to come is by seeing, particularly women, for the reasons that you've just said, but by seeing women who are, you know, going through all of these challenges but we're still forging ahead and just saying, well, hold on, you know, this isn't going to stop me from doing this work or this artistic expression or this exploration into this thing. And, you know, the power, it's unstoppable. There's nothing that, you know, you can't oppress us anymore than we've already been oppressed historically. And I mean, right. You know that that's not an invitation, by the way, but it's it's we, we've gone through so much, we have survived so much, and I think it's 
is quite simple in in the way that we're just kind of saying no you know you can do this and i put out on a facebook post recently it's like you know build your walls i don't care how high you build a wall it will never be tall enough it will never withstand the force of love of community and it will certainly never withstand the collective of women coming together you know a sisterhood it just it can't so it's kind of it's irritating at, at you know at the least it's damaging at the worst but it's still not enough so for me it's, it's something that we yes we have to address um oppression and all the other you know the administration that's been put together and it's something we absolutely we can't ignore it you know again apathy time is over that's that's way in the past now we have to address these things head on but it's also a beautiful thing to see that um, our own creative expressions and our own sisterhood, it's just getting stronger and stronger. We're, we're just getting more brilliant. That's all that is happening. And yes, we're tired and we're over it. And that's where community comes into its true power. And as you said about the, the kind of, you know, relay team thing with Standing Brock, it's, you know, there's mm-hmm. certain times when, People have to just have a rest and other people come to the forefront and, you know, it's an ebb and flow. Everybody plays a part. Everybody has a role to to play. So, um, you know, it, it's important that we do all of that. But really, there's, there is no stopping us. So um, I, I take comfort in that and I'm ready. I've kind of, I've had a little bit of, um, you know, internal processing of what's been going on and I'm, I'm ready to just shine brighter and love harder and shout louder and yeah there'll be Mm -hmm. days where I feel like I want to cave and crumble and I will always be honest about those days but um you know it's this is this is it this is what I signed up for in this lifetime apparently so yeah Yeah. I'm I'm ready and I'm I'm grateful for for all the love that I have from people like yourself who who use their work and their art and their voice and their words and their social media platforms to make a difference. So it's, it's very heartwarming for me and um, it gives me the strength to carry on. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. And I'm, I'm going to let you off the phone because I know that I'm just dragging you here into another like hour and a half. But I, I do want to <laughs> say this, and, and this, is, this is coming from listeners too because I know that um, – People who listen to this show feel the same way. Um, I will say that finding you, and I know that we were we we found each other through Elizabeth Welch, but, and so thank you, Elizabeth Welch, for this. But finding you has been like such a gift for me for many reasons. But I will say that from the heart, I have never ever found anyone in this <laughs> world who gets me. Like never. I mean, there's been I've had friends. I'm not gonna. But, like, you know, other than dogs, no one's ever gotten me. <laughs> like, because, you know, there's just been, um, I mean, even family, you know, I, I was very ostracized, as, and, as I spoke of earlier, and, and friends just never really understood me. There's just a lot of differences, you know, and I, and I respect that. But I just couldn't really be my full self, and I always was. Hence the reason friends often ran off. But, like, I've always been myself regardless, but I could never really feel comfortable to be my full self. And what I mean by that is I wear my heart on my sleeve, quite literally. I have a tattoo of a heart on my sleeve. So I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I My whole life story is actually literally written on my arm. And I have, you know, 
I've always been that way, just a very open, honest, um, I carefully confront, I hold people accountable, I hold myself accountable, I I am just that way, and I thought I'm the only one in the world like that until I found you, and I saw your writing, <laughs> and I saw you hold yourself accountable and hold others accountable and open your heart and, and wear your heart proudly on your sleeve and speak the truth and, and your reality, and no matter what it was, you know, the good, bad, the ugly, and I, I love it because it was like, oh, my gosh, that's there's my person, you know, and like, um, I don't know if you were ever a Sex and the City fan, but, or even a Grey's Anatomy fan, but, you know, in, in both of those shows, like, you know, um, in Grey's Anatomy, whatever her name is, she has uh, a person. And then in, in Sex and the City, you know, uh, she was always saying, these are my, my people, my soulmates, my girl. And that's yes. you. I just found you and was like, ah, and that's why I always say, you know, alien sister reunited, because I really feel like, for the longest time, I thought I was just dropped from an alien ship and <laughs> just really was never going to find myself anywhere on this planet other than just within me and the fur babies that allowed me to be in their lives. But, but thank you. Yeah, I mean, so we, we thank really you for need being to find here. out. Oh, well, we really need to find out, you know, why the ship dropped you in Texas and why I was dropped <laughs> in New York, but we or London. But we, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm making a slow call from London. I'm not, you know, I, I stopped in New York for a period of time, but I don't know. I mean, it will all become apparent, I'm sure, when our our alien family reclaims us at some point. But until then, we're just going to have to figure it out on our own and. Um, and yeah, I'm truly grateful for the connection. And, and once again, thank you for having me back on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, and I hope that you will think about very seriously about doing this uh, once a month with me because I, I do think that uh, this is one way. Uh, you and I've talked about it before, but not only for other for listeners to sit down for an hour and just relax and drink some tea and try to just know that they're not the only ones in the world that are thinking like this or feeling like this or are, you know, planning like this or whatever we happen to be discussing, but also for us just to be able to um, debrief, you know? We're all going to do that. Yeah. So I think it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really, really important. And, um, yeah, that, I mean, I, I'm sure we'll be able to figure something out going forward. So that sounds good to me. Okay, wonderful. All right, my love. Well, I'm going to go take the fur babies for a walk, and um, hopefully hopefully you get to enjoy a little bit more of your day of some time just relaxing. Um, I know you're as busy as I am. We don't get much much of that, but we certainly carve out as much as we can. So, Yes, well, yes, absolutely. Again. Thank you again for doing You are that. so welcome. Yeah, thank you it's an absolute pleasure. I've, I've been I've really enjoyed it, so thank you. It's been nice, and uh, yeah. I've uh, I've finished my tea now, so that's perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll talk more then about doing this in the future. And um, again, to anyone who's listening to this archive show, I want to encourage you to to check out uh, SkylarLibertyRose.com. Again, go to the courses section, and you can find the empowerment experience there. And we'll also keep talking to Skylar about our upcoming project. And um, again, remember to tune in this Saturday at 11 a.m. to hear Kelly Daniels speak about the current status at Standing Rock. We'll be clearing up some confusion there. Hopefully that's the hope and dismissing any doubts that really 
honestly stand to threaten the situation there. So uh, please remember to tune in 11 o'clock on Saturday, 11 a.m. Central, and, and pass that along to friends and family so that others will tune in for that information. And then next Wednesday, we'll have another orchestrated symphony of prayer with Elizabeth Harbin and Daniel Katsu. I look forward to all of these shows and, and to the guests. And again, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to these shows and for listening and for sharing the information. Um, again, we're going to need community, and you're a part of mine. So thank you for that. I love you, Skylar, and I will talk to you soon. Love you too. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye.